0: Hi, More Than Work listeners. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the United States Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade on June 24th, which stripped away the right to have legal and safe abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive health care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all people, which we've already seen with abortion bans and restrictions in countries like Poland and Malta. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive health care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans and all people who, who could get pregnant anywhere in the world. Listen more by visiting podvoices.help. If you're able to support others, please consider donating to abortion funds. I encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. This is More Than Work, the podcast reminding you that your self worth is made up of more than your job title. Each week, I'll talk to a guest about how they discovered that for themselves. You'll hear about what they did, what they're doing, and who they are. I'm your host, Rabia. I work in IT, perform stand-up comedy, write, volunteer, and, of course, podcast. Thank you for listening. Here we go. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining More Than Work this week. I'm really excited because today I'm actually heading to a podcast festival here in London. I'm going to see my friend Claire, who runs the Creativity Found podcast, and you'll hear an episode that she and I did together of her podcast coming up. We're going to do a my first feed drop here. I'm also going to get to see Rich Wilson from Insane in the Man Brain and Rosie Wilby from Breakup Monologues, plus a bunch of other things. So it's it's going to be a fun day. Uh, this week, I have a person who started out studying philosophy, actually, in college, and then she is now going back to school to get her master's in writing and she's going to talk about how she got to that decision after spending time doing graphic design and video editing. But it's another great episode just around someone finding their calling and pursuing it. And I hope it inspires you. Um, Lately, I've been kind of re-upping my game in comedy, really, and also on the podcast, because I'm doing some things differently in the back end that you won't notice because they're really around marketing and stuff. But um, with comedy, I'm writing more and trying to enjoy every performance i do and that's something that happened recently where i wasn't enjoying what i was doing and i'm trying to find a way to do that because otherwise why do the hobby but i think it shows too that we can be pursuing our dreams and then realize maybe our dreams have shifted a little bit in that time so anyway there's just a lot to think about i guess or maybe i'm just thinking about a lot but i hope you enjoy this episode when you get to know the guest, and let me know what you think. Of course, I would love for you to rate and review and follow the podcast as well. But you know that. Let's go. Hey, everyone. So my guest is Jezine Hollings, and she is a writer, artist and future ghost. How are you doing?
1: (laughs) I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: (laughs) I'm just reassured that you're a future ghost and not like a present.
1: Not a present ghost.
0: Yeah, I would definitely insist that this was video then, because you wouldn't even show up probably. So that'd be amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's proof that there's life from the beyond. <laughs> exactly.
0: I would just see your microphone floating around. And <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean that <laughs> would be sweet. I feel like that would be a much better podcast. <laughs>
0: It'd be really fun to be honest, but <laughs> we don't have that. So,
1: so anyway, where am I talking to you from? Just outside of Toronto, uh, Canada. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Is there Ooh. another Toronto? I think there's one in the States. I didn't even know that.
0: I live in England now, and so I see a lot of names that are also in the States, for sure. But I know why that happened, obviously. But yeah, well, cool. Well, I'm glad to have you here. So first of all, you're a writer and artist, but that's not your full-time gig. So maybe let's talk about what your full-time gig is and then go into what you're doing. That's more than work as it is.
1: Sure, yeah. So I'm a video editor. I do a lot of like commercial, corporate was lucky enough to do some short films, recently cut like a trailer, which was really fun. So I do get to do some fun stuff yeah. in, my, in my money job, but most of it is corporate. So it's kind of just, you know, cutting real estate commercials and <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> Not as creative <laughs> as I'd like, but it's fun.
0: Yeah. Well, so the trailer you did, was it a trailer for a feature?
1: A trailer for a web series. It's like a period piece, kind of like Peaky Blinders or like... Mm. Bridgerton but it's like an indie Toronto Canadian version of that but it was still fun trailers are fun. cut. Yeah that seems
0: fun because you're telling the story very quickly but not giving too much away so you have to really decide. And how'd you get into video editing?
1: At school I was taking graphic design and then I took like a motion design class so it was like a like kinetic typography and like animation and After Effects stuff and I really liked that. And then after doing that for a little bit, I started doing more video editing stuff because that's what people asked me to do. So I was like, oh, cool. Okay, let's let's learn Premiere. Let's learn, you know, how to do that and just kept doing it because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I love film, like definitely one of my passions. But yeah, I just didn't have too much direction. So I was like, oh, this is cool. I can like set my own rate, which is nice, you know, and Just kept doing it until I fell in love with screenwriting. And that's when I was like, okay, I want to write. I don't want to do this anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that kind of brings you to now. I mean, I guess you had some big news relatively recently about what you're going to do with writing.
1: Yeah, so I applied for my MFA in creative writing because I just wanted to transition full time into writing and and have some real guidance, I think, because being self-taught at something, you get to a point where you're just like, yeah, I would love like some intensive, like hardcore guidance and feedback and just to kind of take it to the next level. So yeah, I applied to a bunch of MFA programs in Canada and I got into the University of British Columbia MFA program, which I should not have. I just want to say that because one, yeah, one, my grades were not as good as they should have been (laughs) from school. (laughs) And the other reason being I had totally like messed up on my application and didn't send them a transcript when I should have. And I had to like frantically email them and be like, I'm so sorry, but I messed up. So I definitely thought that there was like no chance. So but you never know. So you might as well try.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And if you make a mistake, just kind of own up to it. Right. And just try to. Yeah say, this is what happened. That's easier to understand than, oh no, I did attach it and you didn't get it or something weird.
1: Yeah, you you can't really lie through a computer that way. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's either there or you you didn't do it. (laughs) Yeah, and
0: sometimes it's like, you just forgot. And because sometimes I've been late with something before and I've just said, well, I forgot. So can I still do it or not? And then it's like, no, it wouldn't be fair to everyone else. Okay. Or yeah, go ahead. So
1: yeah, yeah. People are actually really like receptive to the truth. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. when you just tell them, yeah, I totally just forgot. They're like, oh yeah, okay. (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. All
0: right. So I don't have to do my creative writing for this basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's some big news. Yeah.
0: That's very cool. And congratulations. So you'll be going full time to school.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited. When you
0: did your undergrad, what did you study?
1: So I did graphic design at OCAD University. And then I did two years before that at U of T, University of Toronto for philosophy. which you know, super useful degree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, that and art history both really make parents happy about student loans and stuff like that.
1: But... Oh, yeah. Very worth it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so you didn't finish the philosophy degree.
1: No, I transferred. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, but that's good. It's good to know you don't want to do something and just to stop doing it if you can, really.
1: Yeah, like I liked philosophy. It was just very clear that it's a little bit depressing to study it full time. And then at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, it's like, well, what can I do with this? And at the end of the day, I just wasn't like passionate about it. Like I wasn't going to get my PhD in it. I wasn't going to, you know, devote my life to the meaning of existence. So I just... (laughs) So called it quits. <laughs> and I was like, all right, <laughs> let's go make stuff instead. <laughs> yeah.
0: So did you do art or any kind of art before you went to the graphic design degree? Or was that your first time really creating, I guess, visual art?
1: I had always been into like drawing and painting as a kid and like through high school, for sure. I was always doing that even when I was really young as well. Like just always making something, I think. And yeah, I just think that I got a little bit derailed. And in high school, like everyone was going to traditional universities and degrees, and they were kind of like planning out their future, no. their thir- whatever, 10-year plan when you're like 17, which is insane. And I just felt like pressure to do the same thing, I think. Then I definitely didn't listen to myself at all. Because if I had, I probably would have just been writing and making art since a teen. But I just, you know, mm-hmm. didn't. wasn't strong enough, I guess. I just didn't. So... That's the reason why I went to university pretty much.
0: Yeah. Well, it's the acceptable path. It's the accepted path, right? For everyone, I think. I mean, either totally. that or you don't. But I mean, like for me, I didn't have much pressure from my family just because no one had gone to school prior to me. But it still, I wanted to be a right. lawyer because I thought you need to be a doctor or a <laughs> lawyer. And I was not going to be a doctor. So I was going to be a lawyer and I studied political science and then around my second year, some things happened in my, in my life that changed some perspective Mm -hmm. for me. But also, I just took a a writing class that wasn't in my major or anything. I took sociology too, which sounds weird, but like there was this, it was social deviance.
1: (laughs) So it was like, Oh, nice. So yeah, yeah, it's like, weird social stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And so then I ended
0: up not doing my major for over a year. And I was just focused on writing and that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. I'm just saying this to tell you that, And I'm probably 20 years older than you. It was the same thing for me. Like I just didn't do it and I should have done it because that's what I wanted to do. And I I will tell you though, it took me until I was about 40 to realize that that's what I should be doing. And so I'm doing more writing now, but I really am proud of you. I don't know you, but I'm really proud of you for making that decision. (laughs) Really,
1: I'm proud of you too. Yes, follow well, thank your you. dreams. Go.
0: <laughs> it is crazy that at 17 or 18, we're supposed as as people, and now I'm well beyond that, but even kids now, like if parents are listening, like that planning your entire life when you're that age is su- such a ridiculous thing because you have no so idea who funny. you are.
1: I know it's a joke. Like, I mean, there's the odd person who's just like yes, I'm going to be X, Y, or Z. And they've had like, they have that conviction and that kind of attitude of like, I don't care. Like nobody's going to stop me. But like, I don't know about you, but I had like zero confidence at 17. (laughs) Like I don't, I don't, I didn't think I ever was going to get it. Um, No. So yeah, it is. It's kind of insane how much pressure we put on children Mm because you're still a child at that point.
0: So as far as screenwriting, you mentioned that that's something you realized you wanted to do. And now you're going to do your MFA have you written screenplays already, a full one or parts of them? Or
1: Yeah, I have a feature, which is great. It took me so long. It was a nightmarish process because I'd never written one before and I didn't know what I was doing. And I had like, like eight or nine drafts <laughs> until it made sense. I finished that about a month ago. And then I had just had like maybe three or four like short screenplays finished as well. So just testing the waters and like seeing what kind of stuff I want to make and like, you know, what, what's the process like and what are the pitfalls and all that kind of stuff. And you definitely don't, f- you don't figure it out until you figure it out until you just yeah. do it. So, um, but really great experience though, really rewarding and maybe one day it will get made into something or it will just be a script forever. <laughs> yeah.
0: Did you have an idea before you sat down to write the whole thing? Or what was your process like? Or was it just building the story as you went? And how was that for you?
1: Yeah, for this one, I just had like an opening image in my head. And the song to go with the image. You can't really promise a specific song in a script because of like rights and money and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But this one started with just like an opening image and and like a doo-wop song to go over it. And just the story kind of unfolded from there of how did we get to this point essentially, <laughs> mm-hmm. but they all kind of start different ways. It's usually an image though, for sure where it's like, freaky. Oh, like that's freaky. Let's investigate that. <laughs> mm. Yeah. That's so cool,
0: <clears throat> And then, in your in your MFA, are you gonna focus on screenwriting or just writing in general
1: or yeah, so they have like a bunch of different courses. It's divided into like a thesis project, so a major project, and then coursework. So there's lots of different genres that they offer, which is great because you know, i I love writing fiction as well and I love doing poetry. So those are definitely genres that I would love to do as as well included with screenwriting. So I definitely like writing all things, not necessarily screenplays. And that's just because I feel like certain stories need different formats. A lot of the times I think very visually and I think in terms of film. So those stories just go right into the screenplay idea pile. And then other stories are like, you know what? I would love to have more than 120 pages to dedicate to this Mm -hmm. idea. (laughs) Yeah. That goes in the fiction pile (laughs) and so forth and so on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's really cool. And then as far as your art and you being an artist, I mean, do you think what kind of art do you do? First of all, graphic design only? Or do you do physical painting and stuff like that now?
1: Yeah, so I paint, but I guess I call myself an artist, more so in the fact of like, I do a variety of different things. So not necessarily mm-hmm. just visual art, but like, yeah, like I would consider like you an artist as well, because you do comedy. And that's, that's an art form. I feel like anyone who does something that's, you know, really creative, it doesn't necessarily have to mean it's a visual art thing. It's like, it's more of an attitude or a lifestyle or just a way of being, I guess. But I do paint for fun, but just for fun.
0: It's interesting that a lot of your ideas come to you visually though. And yeah, versus another, I mean, I don't know how everyone's ideas come to them anyway. I guess for me, because I'll write different things, but I like, I love nonfiction for some reason Mm -hmm. and always have, I guess ever since I discovered the New Yorker, I don't know if you've read it, but yeah, there's just amazing, amazing, interesting stories in there that almost read like fiction sometimes because they're just done beautifully. Right. So I'll just think of an idea though, but not necessarily a visual idea. So I like to hear how you're, how you're doing it in that way. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. And so do you Do you draw from like a lot of like real experiences? Because I know comedy is very much like that, where it's like, yeah. you kind of have to just draw on your own personal experiences. And and that's interesting that you like nonfiction, because maybe that's just like, you know, real yeah. life is very inspiring to you.
0: Yeah, true. And even films that I like, and shows and my mom, we were watching, I mean, I don't know if you've seen This Is Us, but it, you know, it's a drama, like a family drama show. And my mom was like, "Oh, it was almost too real like just watching real people this one episode recently and I investigated more about it and I found the one actress had contributed to writing it. It was mostly mm-hmm. about her character and then Mandy Moore had directed it, so it was a female director, but also her who's very invested in the show and so I thought and it was a different episode than other ones. You could see the difference and but I liked that it seemed real cuz I always liked Like that things feel real, but to the point where they're almost too raw. But I think that's cool. Right. Yo, I
1: love that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely the same way. I love maybe just like pushing it to a point where it is extremely vulnerable and extremely raw because Mm -hmm. that's where all the good stuff is. I don't know if you've seen Fleabag. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. But like her stuff, she just like, Mm -hmm. like takes like the way she writes is like, she just takes a knife and like stabs you and then like twists it. Yeah every i don't know every beat or every half a show or have like full full episode or whatever and you can tell that that's like coming from a real place
0: yeah it's rough because she'll say things and it's like well maybe i've thought that i would never have said it right yeah you know and i think to some of the best comics and people i admire and and things i try to do i don't do much shock or very vulgar anything as far as comedy but I've enjoyed working on things that like around mental health, for example, is one subject I'm playing with just because I've had experiences with difficulties there. And then with chronic illness and things like that, that are hard to do in a five minute set. I have to do like a longer set and a show in a way to get that out. But it's fun to me because I do like, I don't like talking about it necessarily, but I do think that there's an importance in sharing those things. And, and you know, I'll, I'll, talk about them in the context of trying to help other people or something. But then on stage, there's, there's funny things about it. There's funny things about certain stuff that maybe doesn't seem funny on the surface, you know? And so I I think that's fun. And I think that that's the part where people say, well, artists are dark or comics are always have a dark side. And I think it's true, but I think it manifests in different ways, you know?
1: Totally. And I think I'm somewhat similar to you in that respect of like, I definitely gravitate towards darker things just because I feel like they're more real Mm -hmm. or they they feel more real or they feel like there's these things that people just don't want to talk about. And Mm -hmm. I mean, comedy and, you know, in regards to your standup is such a great way to shove something in someone's face. And be mm-hmm. like, look, like this thing actually exists. It's real. And by the way, it's also a joke because everything is a joke on some level, <laughs> I think. But yeah, I love the dark stuff. I think it's like very close to home. I think you can
0: have both in the same thing, kind of like, what, I guess what you're just saying about comedy, but even in a screenplay or something, like you can have the characters that are depressed or that have some kind of maybe personality flaw or something, but it can also be funny, but it's, it's different when it's like you're trying to make it so they're all happy all the time. Cause that's so unrealistic. Even that person, mm-hmm. you know, that's always happy all the time. And I think the the biggest thing to me is like almost thinking about people as their Facebook profile versus real life. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's like my Facebook profile looks very different than my life does. And yeah. people will say, Oh, I'm so jealous. And I, someone said that to me recently, I went on a trip and I'm so jealous. And in my head I was going, you're jealous of what? like that i'm there but what about everything else and i know you you wouldn't possibly even go alone so you're not jealous so i'm here by myself for one thing and i know that's not your Mm. deal but then i thought there's all this other stuff going on they don't know about and i almost like how in a movie or jokes or whatever you can say yeah here's this person who also has all this going on and it's there so they can be three-dimensional
1: yeah yeah the the three-dimensionality is is I feel like where you get like the real stories. I am uh, recently finished the show Barry.
0: Oh, yeah, his, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, Bill Hader show. And, you know, it, he's a hitman who is lost and doesn't know what to do with his life and stumbles across like an acting class. Yeah. And he realizes that acting is what he wants to do with his life. And it's just so exploratory of, of like how we all kind of feel mm-hmm. very unhappy in a lot of ways until we kind of find the thing that brings our life like purpose. Yeah.
0: So thinking about just what, what we've learned about you is that you're pursuing this philosophy degree, then decided to go and get out of that and do the graphic design. And then now you're, you've been doing this video editing job, which you do enjoy. You, you've expressed that you do enjoy it, but you have this passion writing. So now you're getting out of that and going into the writing. And so those are two kind of, I would say pretty major pivots in your life how did you feel making those decisions? And if you can talk about making those changes to pursue what you want, because that's a really bold thing to do.
1: Yeah, I guess with video editing, it was just like, oh, I'm doing this now. And I actually didn't really think too much about it. It was just like, oh, this is something that's semi-creative that, you know, won't... Won't make me want to jump off a building, essentially, because I think that if I worked in an office over time, that's what would happen. And then when I fell in love with screenwriting, it was just like this moment of like, holy shit, like this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, it was extremely terrifying because it was like, well, I spent all this time doing this other thing and obviously like the age thing comes into play where it's just like, Oh, you're not 16 and you're not really attractive. So like, how could you possibly live your dreams? (laughs) Which is insane. (laughs) Well, that's insane anyway, but yes, I realize it's very untrue. So yeah, I mean, you could do whatever you want at any age. I don't think it matters. And, but it was just really weird thing of, I want to live all of these different lives and like be all these different people and experience all these different things. And then writing is a perfect way to do mm-hmm. that. Because you can literally just make up any story that you want and and craft it. And you can be different people and explore different problems and explore humanity. And, you know, you can make it funny or you make it scary. It, just so many options. But it wasn't until writing for two years, I think, until I was brave enough to actually be like, hey, I, I want to make money at this. I want this to be my life, and and I mean, I don't, I don't need to get famous or make millions of dollars or anything. I just would like to support myself mm-hmm. doing something that I love, and that's my main goal. It didn't feel like a choice when I decided to to do it, to pursue it full time, and to try to get really good at it. It felt like I had to do it, and it still feels like I have to do it. If I don't write every morning, my whole day is messed up, and I'm, mm. I'm not happy. So I, I don't know. It doesn't feel like a choice. <laughs> Yeah. It feels like I would have to do it. Huh.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. And so that's your writing. Is that, that's part of your writing practice writing every morning. Do you do free writing or?
1: I do. So sometimes I journal like when I have to get some stuff out, but like whatever piece I'm working on, I like to dedicate an hour every morning to it hmm. no matter what, because that's the only way that it, it will get done. I think. <laughs> yeah. With life, <laughs> life around. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I always feel like the morning is the only part of my day I can control.
1: Right. You know, totally.
0: And in a a way I get frustrated if someone, if like someone calls me or writes to me or something, I'm like, what, like, this was my time and now you've intruded on it, you know? And that's not fair to whoever does that, but it's just, for me, it's like, this is the time I have that no one's supposed to be bothering me. Of course I can put my phone down, but you know, that's another thing,
1: right? Yeah. Like, how dare you encroach on my Boundary. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That I (laughs) don't know about. (laughs) That you don't know about that I'm not respecting.
1: Right. Right? Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I've actually, I've thought about that a lot. And I think it's like a self trust thing. I feel like it actually has nothing to do with other people or the outside world because I would get really pissed off if someone was ruining my writing time, air quotes. (laughs) And it's just like, wait a second. It's not them. It's me being like, if I don't have this, I'm not going to make something. But that's not true. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's like yeah. you it just, I don't know. I don't know why creative people get crazy. When, For real. Yeah. Absolutely. When, when people interrupt them. So I definitely think it's more of an us thing. Yeah, totally. Them thing. And it's
0: just like, then just don't have my phone out or just don't be on logged into something. It's very simple. Anyway, if I really don't want to be interrupted, I can prevent that from happening. I live alone. I yeah. mean, if someone breaks into my flat, it's another
1: <laughs> issue. You yeah. know? How dare you ruin my creative morning time? Yeah.
0: Just take what you want, but please be quiet. I'm working
1: <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> um, yeah.
0: So you do have some writing on your website, though, and some blogs and stuff. So can you talk a little bit about what you choose to put out publicly?
1: It's whatever whatever resonates, I think. Yeah, it's it's weird because for a long time I was very much just like, okay, let's decide, let's make a plan and make topics and be very logical about it and have a spreadsheet. (laughs) And and now I'm just like, if I feel like writing about it, that's what I write about. And that's, that's my baseline (laughs) for what gets out. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I do know someone who has spreadsheets for a lot of things and, I feel very seen right now, but also very attacked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Are you a spreadsheeter? I was for a very long time.
0: I am. I have, I, I am. And you filled in a Google form and. I did. Um, and then that goes great. into a spreadsheet, which is super fun for me. <laughs> and, then, and I have a spreadsheet for my comedy. So I know exactly how many gigs I've done and how long I've spent on stage. And
1: well, I think I for that, that makes sense. Cause yeah. that's like, a. I I know you're keeping track of all the yeah. things, right? But I, I feel like when you come up with a joke, you probably don't have a spreadsheet of potential jokes. It's more just like you're walking down the street and you're just like, oh, that's hilarious. Let's- yeah. And then that goes in notes. Yeah, exactly. Like- <laughs> Let's write that down. Right yeah, and now. <laughs> it's very
0: unorganized. And there's like probably 200 notes that have weird thoughts. Like if someone ever opened up my notes and saw what I've written down. <laughs> Most recently, it's plus size nudist question mark. <laughs> and I can't I make it work. That. I can't yeah. make it work. I have not, <laughs> but I know something there because that statement is funny, but you can't just go on stage and say that. And that's it.
1: Yeah. But the idea that like, you're like, there's something there something somewhere. There.
0: <laughs> there's something there. So no, but that's, that's really cool that you've just kind of figured out over time what you want to do and, and are pursuing it. And I think that's, that's so important. And I, I like how for you, it's not, a, it hasn't, it's not a choice at some point, And I think that that's the mistake some people make is that they have this calling to do something, but then they somehow rationalize it like they can't possibly choose to do that. And I don't think you have to make a living at writing, even if you want to write or if you want to do comedy, which we talked way too much about on this episode, since it's about you, (laughs) if you want to do art, if you want to do whatever, you don't. You have to find a way to do it in your life. I mean, do you agree that even if you're not doing it full-time, there should be a way you make space, like you said, for an hour every morning you write, for example, right now?
1: Yeah, I feel like you have to make space for the things that you love. Um, or else it's like, what are we doing <laughs> on this planet? Mm-hmm. Our job is not to, to go work a nine-to-five for somebody else so that we can make money and have a crazy amount of things and a crazy mm-hmm. amount of space. For some people, maybe that is what gets them excited every morning. But just for me personally, it's just like, if I don't have something that I'm working on that I can express myself with or investigate something or, you know, work at, then I just don't feel like I'm alive. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I know that sounds insane, but yeah, I guess, I guess it just, that's why for me, it's just not really a choice, even if I don't make money at it. Cause like I've been writing for two years. I haven't seen a cent and it's like, yeah, that should detour someone from not (laughs) doing something, but that's the only thing that keeps me going.
0: Yeah. So as far as we've talked quite a bit about what's worked for you, but is there any advice or mantra that you just like to share with people or something that you've come across as that's been helpful to
1: you? Yeah, I guess like my mantra has been be afraid, but do it anyways. That's my mantra. And then, and I think that, you know, I would, tell that to anybody. Yeah. Be scared. Because if you're not scared, then you're probably not doing something that's that's open and real, but be scared and then just do it. Just figure out a way to do it. I talked to a lot of people about getting
0: on stage and mm. do you get nervous every time? Yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise it doesn't mean anything. And it's like, do you get worried when you publish a piece? Of course. It's yeah. Because it's going to be seen and and people might have an opinion on it that's not great or that is great it's almost scary to do it well sometimes i don't know
1: yeah well because before the pandemic i had done like like a second city stand-up course Mm. and i had and i had done like maybe 10 shows like i wouldn't call myself a stand-up person but i did 10 shows and there's nothing more nerve rattling than telling a joke and nobody laughing (laughs) 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 and Yeah. yeah there's i mean It's like it's a special skill to be able to put yourself out there over and over and over again, um, hoping for a certain response and getting a completely different one. And that's the fear that I think a lot of artistic people have to push through like every single time. Maybe. Yeah, a lot of them. Probably not all of them. I'm sure there are amazing, incredible people who are just like, don't care. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. And I envy those people. (laughs) but.
0: Well yeah, cuz when you when you share writing too, right? I mean, it's not just performance, but it's when you share writing or you share even maybe even with your video editing. I mean, you send it to someone and they may have feedback you don't like. I mean, I know I have my one of my best friends in the world is a graphic designer and actually and then I have other good friends who are too and I don't know how they do it because I mean in the sense that they have to get negative feedback constantly mm, for yeah. good work. And I don't know how someone does that. I don't think I have the constitution to handle that because I'd be like super annoyed all the time, you know?
1: <laughs> I mean, you get to a point where you just like turn it off. Like mm-hmm. you just turn off like the the like, I'm going to take this personally switch in your brain. You just turn it off. Some of them are so funny when you're working with like business people who know nothing, absolutely nothing about how things should look and you'll give them something and you'll you know pour hours into it and you're like oh, this looks sick and they'll come back and they'll just be like okay here's something really funny okay here's something really cool that we should do we should make the font comic sans oh, god and i'll just be like okay i don't you can either get upset or you can just be like yeah totally by the way i'm going to charge you an extra whatever for that <laughs> and i'm going to at least make money
0: <laughs> yeah I feel like Comic Sans should just be called Tragic or something like this. Should be <laughs> right? Just and be like, like, okay, this is not a funny font because too many people have taken it seriously. So it's yeah. no longer.
1: It's like your life is over font. Like this yeah. is what you use when it's, de- it's, it's gone.
0: <laughs> it's horrible. It's a horrible font. All right. So then I have a set of questions called the fun five that I just like to ask everybody. Okay. So the first one. What is the oldest t-shirt you have and still wear?
1: Ah, yes. Um, The oldest t-shirt I have and still wear is a t-shirt from a Pixies concert from 11 years ago, I think. Mm. And like the collar is like deteriorating. And I think like, I don't know, the print on it is like, you can't even tell that it's a Pixies t-shirt. But I just love it so much. And I never let it go.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So if every day was really Groundhog's Day, like it's felt... (laughs) for a lot of the last couple of years, because we were had to be in our homes. What song would you have your alarm clock play every day?
1: So I think something that would be really funny for like, other people to witness, but maybe not for me to wake up to every morning, would be beautiful day by you two. But just like, (laughs) just the chorus. So it would start with like, it's a beautiful day. But just for the rest of my life. (laughs) That would get annoying. yeah. That would be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be worth it. <laughs> so,
0: all right. Coffee or tea or neither?
1: Coffee in the morning, tea in the afternoon.
0: That's smart.
1: It was. It used to be coffee all day and it was not a good time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you like any specific kind of tea?
1: Chamomile. Just like yeah. a chill. Yeah. Something that'll just wind me down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. All right. Can you think of a time you laughed, you cried or something that just makes you kind of crack up when you think of it or... Interact with someone.
1: Yeah, so recently my boyfriend and I have been watching Storage Wars. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever seen that (laughs) show. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like people bid on storage lockers and they try to like outbid each other and like like try to figure out how much their wares are worth. And it's the stupidest reality show I've ever seen. But the theme song is this super American country, like (laughs) gritty, bluesy, like, yeah, like we're in America. (laughs) And the the lyrics of it and the melody are like money owns this town as I go throughout my day like I'll be sending an invoice and I'll be like money owns this town (laughs) (laughs) just it's the stupidest thing ever but that's what makes me laugh right now
0: (laughs) great yeah that's I I know it's like uh I mean I'm from America and some of the things that we put on tv for people to watch just amaze me. And then we wonder why people think certain things about (laughs) it. All right. Then the last question, who inspires you right now?
1: So for me, people usually don't inspire me. And I know that sounds conceited and weird and horrible, but it's actually mostly just everyday things or like situations or like things that happen to me that maybe inspire a story or inspire me to write anything. I would say that like some of my favorite authors are Margaret Atwood or Alex Garland, who writes a lot of sci-fi stuff. He's a director as well. He did Ex Machina and Annihilation and all those sorts of things. Stephen King. I look. I actually really look up to his work. I know a lot of people kind of dismiss him as just like a genre writer. You know, he's like ah, oh, just horror and sci-fi and whatever. But he's put a lot of himself in a lot of his work in mm-hmm. really interesting ways, like. The Shining, for example, is actually about like his kind of his, his addiction to alcohol and also really? the fear of him pushing his family away because it's getting in the way of his writing, like his work. Obviously it's a very severe <laughs> yeah. a, a severe metaphor for that, but he puts a lot of his own fears into his work, and I think that's really, really uh, brave. So yeah, I think that's my answer. <laughs> oh, that's great. And I didn't
0: know that about Stephen King. I have read some of his stuff uh, a long time ago and yeah. Just cause you're in a genre doesn't matter. And I did, I actually read handmaid's tale. I didn't read the next mm-hmm. book. I think it's on my Kindle right now waiting, but that was incredible to read.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing.
0: Yeah. And just, I, I read it after watching the show. And so then it, it changed my view of the characters so much, actually, even though it was a lot shorter of, it was just text that was a lot shorter and more mm-hmm. concise than two, two or three seasons. I don't know how many seasons I've been of the show. But it was really amazing how, in so few words, she got these characters to be so real. You know, yeah. it's amazing.
1: Yeah, I and mean, I mean, they're just making like so many incredible shows right now. Like, like *Handmaid's Tale*, for example. Like, the book mm-hmm. is is great and deals with a lot of like kind of really scary themes. But the show, in my opinion, is maybe even more bleak. <laughs> mm-hmm. And hits way home. Like it, it hits home way more, mm-hmm. I think. So yeah, but you know, she's great. I love Margaret would She's yeah. Canadian, which is great too.
0: All right, cool. So if people want to find you, where do you want them to go?
1: Yeah, they can check out my poetry on Instagram at Jazine mm-hmm. underscore 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 underscore. <laughs> it's just like a long line after my name. And there's my website. You can like check out some of my art there. That's jazine.com.
0: Super. All right, well, it's been, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. So thanks for being on More Than Work.
1: Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. It was awesome talking about all this fun stuff and also hearing about your comedy. I just have like yeah. this really weird obsession with comics because I think what you guys do is so hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like, yeah, I, I've talked more about it than I usually do, but that's okay. People can enjoy, enjoy that, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening. You can learn more about the guest and what was talked about in the show notes. Joe Mafia created the music you're listening to. You can find him on Spotify at Joe, M-A-F-F-I-A. Rob Metke does all the design, for which I am so grateful. You can find him online by searching Rob, M-E-T-K-E. Please leave a review if you like the show and get in touch if you have feedback or guest ideas. The pod is on all the social channels at, at More Than Work Pod or at Robbie a Comedy on TikTok. And the website is morethanworkpod.com. While being kind to others, don't forget to be kind to yourself.